So I, I love Christmas season, and I'm excited today because we kick off this brand new series. And one of the reasons I'm excited about this series specifically, because when I look through the Gospels and I look at Jesus and his life, it's impossible for me or for you really to escape the fact that one of Jesus' defining characteristics was compassion. In, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says this, when Jesus saw the crowds... So here you got a ton of people, and Jesus is with them, and he's around them. It says when he saw them, he had what? Let's say it together. He had compassion, compassion on them. Because he realized, he's seeing them, man, they're harassed, and they're helpless. And then we see a few chapters later that Jesus runs into some people who are hungry. And, and, and all the disciples are basically telling Jesus, hey, Jesus, you need to send them away. You know, there's way too many people here. We need to wrap this up. But Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to teach my disciples and these people who I am and what I'm about and what my life is about and what I want your life to be about. So in Matthew chapter 15, verse 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and he basically said, oh, hey guys, no, 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 we're not sending them home. I have compassion on them. And so we're going to feed them. And that's exactly what he did. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 37, it says that they all had so much that they were actually satisfied. Well, how many people were there? there were, the Bible says there were 4,000 men plus women and children. So there was, uh, you know, 10,000 plus people. So it wasn't Jesus just having compassion on a couple people, but on thousands. Jesus encountered people that were hungry. And so he had compassion on them. He crowded the encountered the crowds, and he had compassion on them. But also, Jesus would meet people who were hurting. And when they were hurting, he had compassion on them. For example, in Matthew chapter 20, there's these two guys who are on the street, and they literally can't see. And they're trying to get Jesus' attention. And the Bible tells us in that passage that, that the people were rebuking them and telling them to be quiet. I mean, think about that for a moment. I mean, that's brutal. Here's two guys who can't see. And now they're being told, and we don't want you to talk. I mean, talk about being alone. You can't see, you can't talk. That's brutal. Send them away. Stop talking. Be quiet. That was the people's reaction, but not Jesus. He stopped, and in Matthew chapter 20, verse 32, he, he asked them, hey, guys, what can I do for you? And they wanted to see. So look at Matthew 20, verse 34. It says this. Jesus had, let's say it together, what did he have? Jesus had compassion on them. And compassion isn't just a feeling. You need to understand what compassion is. Compassion is feeling empathy towards somebody, and then this is part of the definition, and then doing something about it. Feeling empathy towards somebody and then making a decision, I'm going to do something about it. So Jesus had compassion on them. Again, it's not just a feeling of understanding and empathy, but it's more than that. It's doing something. Jesus had compassion. So what did he do? He touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. Everybody else was trying to shut these guys up, to shut them out, to send them away. But Jesus, he wouldn't do that. So it didn't matter with Jesus. If he got around the crowds or he got around the hungry or he got around the hurting, everywhere Jesus went, he just oozed compassion. And compassion, he had a feeling of empathy toward people that he then did something about. So it's no surprise to you and I, when then later on the Apostle Paul writes to the church, he says to you and I, he says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
clothe yourselves. Now that word clothe in the original Greek language literally means to be consumed with. It means to completely wrap something up, kind of like wrapping a present. In other words, clothe yourself. Make this your defining virtue. Paul says, hey you, church, hey you, you say you're a Jesus follower. You should be clothed with something. You should be defined by something. You should be encompassed by something. What should you be encompassed by? What did Paul say? You should be clothe yourselves with what? Let's say the word one more time together. Clothe yourselves with compassion. Now, I don't know if you consider yourself a a compassionate person or not. I mean, I know that's something I I need to work on and, and, and be better with. And some of you are like, yeah, we know. But man, one of the things I love about the Christmas season is this, is that Christmas seems to elevate and bring out the the compassion quotient more in all of us. From that original story of St. Nicholas, the bishop in the 300s who would go out and give gifts to needy children, to classic movies like It's a Wonderful Life or or any movie with, with Ebenezer Scrooge in it, almost every show around Christmas time ends with somebody or somebody's being more generous and compassionate towards others. I mean, during the Christmas season, you hear stories of people just unleashing compassion on those around them. There's even this amazing story, maybe you've heard it before, uh, back from World War I. And you had the Allied fighters and you had the German fighters, and they were there doing the trench warfare and, and killing each other. Thousands would die every single day. And at Christmas time, on Christmas Day, they came out of their trenches and they actually interacted together. They exchanged gifts together. They exchanged cigarettes and food and buttons and hats. They allowed each other to bury their dead, the thousands who had been killed trying to cross that chasm. There was a giant pig roast in one section of these trenches and that people in that group. In another section, there was actually a soccer game that took place between the Allied forces and the Germans. This is crazy. The day before, they were shooting at each other, bombing each other, killing each other. But on Christmas Day, they came out and they literally ate food together, played together, and exchanged gifts together. There's just something about Christmas and compassion. Well, that something is that compassion was beautifully displayed on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago when God did the most compassionate thing in human history by sending his own son, Jesus, to earth. Sending himself in the form of you and I, a human, so that one day he could eventually die so that we could live, to die in our place. And I don't want us to miss it. Today or this season, Jesus has been calling us, his church, to unleash compassion ever since. It's why people like Mother Teresa devoted her life to emulating Jesus in this way. You think about groups like the Salvation Army, religious hospitals, church programs that feed the poor, food banks, thrift shops in local communities, all doing their work in the name of Jesus, unleashing compassion in Jesus' name. And so, that's what we want to do this Christmas season as a church family. We want to pour out, we want to unleash compassion this Christmas. 
Now, before I tell you specifically how we're going to do that, let me give you a little background to set this up. Let me give you some statistics here real quick. Around the world today, there are approximately 600 million children who live in what is called extreme poverty. Not just poverty, but extreme poverty. How is extreme poverty defined? It's generally accepted that it's those families or whatever individuals who live on less than $2 a day. Around the world, there are 2.5 billion people who live in extreme poverty. And of those, there's 600 million of those are children. Now, this next statistic, it, it ought to break your heart. And that's this, that every single day, every 24 hours, 22,000 children die because of extreme poverty-related issues. 22,000 people a day. Now, to give you a little perspective on that number, here in Elk Grove Unified School District, we have 63,000 students. So imagine every single day, 35% of those, that's about 22,000, imagine 35% of those dying every single day. In just three days' time, every single student in Elk Grove Unified would be gone. 22,000 kids every single day die for the simple reason that they don't have enough food to eat, don't have a roof over their head or enough shelter, or can't get some basic medical need met. Now, let's be honest for a moment, be, be real with each other. You hear statistics like that, and if you're like me, you just kind of hear it and, 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 and you, know, you kind of like shrug at it and like, okay, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Scientists, or, so, or psychologists, I should say, came up with a phrase to describe what happens in all of us, or most of us, when we hear that. It's something called, that they call psychic numbing. And psychic numbing, here's what happens. When you and I hear those numbers, 600 million kids in extreme poverty, 22,000 die every single day because of poverty-related issues, that 2.5 billion are in extreme poverty, we hear those numbers, and what happens inside of us is our minds begin to think, well, I, what am I supposed to do about that? I mean, I'm one person. We're one church. One, one church family. It's not like LifePoint or me are going to end childhood poverty in our world today. And that's what happens inside of us when we hear the numbers. And you're right. We will not end childhood pro uh, poverty. But what if, what if we could make a dent? What if we could make a little dent in one country? What if this Christmas our church could legitimately transform the lives of, of, of one needy country, one place in one needy country. See, that's what our vision is this Christmas. Something we're just simply calling compassion at Christmas. And we want to, as a church, unleash, unleash that compassion in the country of Ecuador. Now, when I say that, some of your, your minds are kind of jumping ahead and going, hey, we've heard about Ecuador here at LifePoint before, and some of you are involved in that. Give you a quick stat, Ecuador is, is in South America on the north-northwest side of South America. It straddles the equator, hence the name Ecuador. There's about 17 million people in the country. We have about 39 million people here in California. So give you a perspective on the size. It's about three-quarters the size of California. And if you were to choose to go there, they use U.S. currency. So you're already good. You don't have to exchange any money. Now, I've been to Ecuador three times. 
My first trip, growing up in Southern California, uh, um, we used to go to, across the border to go to Mexico and do kind of weekend mission trips all the time. That's what we did. But my first trip outside of that, like, like really somewhere else, I was 18 years old. I joined a whole bunch of people from the Midwest. I was the only person on the West Coast, and that was a culture shock with me for me, hanging out with all these people from the Midwest at 18 years old and just kind of grew up at the beach, and it was crazy and all that, but God taught me a lot hanging out with these people who were clearly different than me. Um, they clearly had issues. I was the right one and the perfect one. And... <laughs> but we went there together to Ecuador. And God grabbed me and changed. We, we were a leading a group of people there into this community, passed out flyers to invite people to watch the Jesus film at night. We'd show it. You know, we'd play basketball on the days with the kids to kind of interact with people. It was just this incredible trip. God used that to change my life. And then 2013 had an opportunity again to get reconnected with Ecuador. On that particular trip, I had the opportunity to actually go to the equator. And one of the things you have when you go to these, this, this one particular place is you go to the equator, and here's the, like this, silver, this line right here. And on either side of the equator, there sits two toilets, one on each side of the equator. You flush the toilet. The water spins one way on one side of the equator, and it spins the other way on the other side of the equator. And you're like, is this, the, you know, you're looking, is this real? So whatever the equator is and that line is, it's just literally it somehow. So that was my thrill of going to Ecuador. Water spinning in the opposite direction. But we have a three-tiered strategy to unleash compassion in Ecuador this Christmas and in 2020. First of all, what we want to attempt to do as a church family is we want to sponsor 200 children who are living in extreme poverty in Ecuador. In the Chone region, which where some of you are hearing that, go, hey, wait, we already do something about that, and we're going to do that with Compassion International. Again, some of you are like, yep, we do that already, and you know that. For example, several years ago, we as a church raised the funds, and we built a church in Ecuador, in the Chone region, and, and here's that church that we built. Um, I, I, I was there early on uh, doing very little work, but helping out a little bit, and Pastor Derek and Aaron, a couple years ago, went. you can see them in the picture, they went a couple years ago, and now today, all these people are in that church hearing about Jesus, growing in faith in Jesus, all because of the generosity of people here who said, we're going to raise the money to build that church and, and sponsor kids in that region. So that's something we are going to do. Because now there's another couple hundred kids. We've, we're, some of us are sponsoring kids at that church. There's now a couple hundred more that need to be sponsored in the surrounding region. And we're going to partner with Compassion International again. It's an incredible organization. For 65 years, as their mission says, they've been releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Again, it's that compassion thing that Jesus has called all of us to demonstrate to, to others. And Compassion International, they're effective, they're efficient at what they do. And so what they do is they ask that you give $38 a month. And for $38 a month, you sponsor a child who lives in extreme poverty. And when you do that, you legitimately transform that child's life. You pull them out of poverty. Think about it, $38 a month changes their lives physically here on earth and almost always eternally changes their life because many of the kids end up giving their life to Christ because of this incredible partnership. So that's what we're going to do. 
We're going to unleash compassion here this year at LifePoint by sponsoring 200 kids in Ecuador. Our second strategy is we're going to plant another church together. And we're going to do that with our longtime partner, Stadia. And we're doing this so that every one of the sponsored kids has an opportunity to know and follow Jesus. That every one of these sponsored children will have a church. Let's watch this video from uh, Greg Nettle, who's the uh, president of Stadia. Hi, I'm Greg. Hi, I'm Greg Nettle, and I serve as president of Stadia. Stadia is a global church planting organization that partners with people just like you. People that God is using to transform the world. In places like Latin America, for instance, these new churches hold child sponsorship ministries that intentionally help children grow intellectually, physically, emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually. By sponsoring these children, you have the opportunity to speak the hope of Jesus into each child's life. You help these kids experience God's love and to see themselves as the superheroes that God designed them to be. They're not superheroes in their own eyes yet, but you can help them become the kind of heroes that God wants them to be and that they have the potential to be. I've held these children in my arms. I've walked with them in their streets. I've worshiped with them in their churches. Churches that exist because you take this step to sponsor these children. We are so grateful that you have chosen to partner with Stadia, and I want to encourage you to use your resources to sponsor these children. Do you want to change the world? We do too. We have a passionate desire to make sure that every child on the planet can hear the good news of Jesus Christ, and we'll do whatever it takes until every child has a church. incredible leader. I've had an opportunity to spend some time with him the last couple of years. In fact, just a couple months ago, him and I and a couple other pastors, um, uh, or he invited us, uh, we went and hiked in the Grand Canyon and did that together, hiked down, stayed the night, hiked back up. And one of the cool things about Greg as a leader, I love what he does. Anytime he does these type of trips and he goes on them with different leaders and influencers and, and, and people, uh, donors and all that kind of stuff, he goes on these trips. Every time he does them, he raises money. So on this particular trip where Greg and I and about five other pastors were on, he raised $50,000 um, just to help sponsor another church. So it's really cool that what he does and his vision and, and how God's using him and the organization of Stadia. So you have Stadia that plants churches. You have Compassion International that, that, that does these child sponsorships. And, and that, 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 that partnership started back in 2013. I just happened to be lucky enough to be privileged to, to go to Ecuador on that trip and be a part of the exploratory trip where that kind of all began. And it's a miracle what God's been doing in Ecuador ever since and now in other countries in Latin America. For example, just last year, um, CCV in, in, in Arizona, they, uh, an incredible church there. I was with uh, the, the, the missions pastor, Larry Fraley, last year, and, and he was telling me about what their church did. Now, that's a large church, 30,000, 40,000 people, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, hey, we don't want to just sponsor a handful of people or a little bigger. We can do more, and, and so uh, uh, we'll, we'll take a whole country. And uh, Stadia's like, okay. And uh, well, in Colombia, we have about 11,000 kids that need to be sponsored. Larry's like, we'll take them. And so last Christmas, 
Uh, their church sponsored 11,000 kids, and they built, as a result of the offerings, built eight churches for those 11,000 kids to go to. It's remarkable what God's doing through this partnership, the Stadia Compassion Partnership, that you and I have an opportunity to be a part of. Because here at LifePoint, you need to understand, we are committed to making disciples. That's what we're committed to do. Locally, that's what we do here locally, and we do that in a lot of different ways, but we're also committed to that globally. And as we seek as a church to unleash compassion on about 200 kids, at the same time, we want to make sure that they have a church to go to so they can hear all about Jesus, so that they, it's within walking distance uh, you know, of their homes, and that they can grow in a relationship with Jesus. And so that's why we plant churches as well. We sponsor, but we plant as well. And that's just what we try to do here at LifePoint. We try to be as wise as we can and strategic as we can to take the dollars that God's entrusted to us as a church and then individually to invest in life transformation for Jesus. I think about one of our ministry partners here at LifePoint, Jay and Karen Devers. Hopefully that name's not unfamiliar with you if you've been at LifePoint for any period of time. They've been with us for years and years as, as our, a couple of our missionaries. For years they, they were doing missions work in Indonesia. A couple years ago, God called them away from that after about 20, 30 years doing that, and now they're with a, another church planning organization, a worldwide church planning organization. And I love that uh, Jay and Karen were here a couple months ago, you may remember, and, and uh, this organization they're a part of now, they have a, a lot of ministry that happens uh, recently in India. And Jay emailed me the week of October 20th and said, hey, Chris, will you and others pray? Because on October 24th, we're bringing together our churches in, in this particular region in India. It wasn't the whole country, but in this little particular region. He said it's going to be 189 different people groups represented. And our goal is to baptize as many as we can for Jesus. And so on October 24th, we were praying for that and praying for that. And on that day, 5,027 people were baptized into Christ. And it was, it was phenomenal. And... And Jay's a part of that ministry. And here's what you need to know. You and I, we're a, in a small part, we're a part of that. that. That these churches that are being planted by the dollars that we give to our missionaries are helping make an impact. It's why we are committed to continue to plant more and more churches to see people come to Christ and know Jesus. And that's why we have this partnership with Compassion and with Stadia and it's incredible, and, and our goal, our dream, our desire is this Christmas, our compassion expressions are happening through the local church. It's why this matters to us. We just think it's a great, great strategy to fulfill Jesus' mission for us to make disciples. So, we're going to sponsor children. We're going we're gonna to come together and we're going to give an offer, a special offering above and beyond our normal giving so that we can, we can help and see another church be planted there in Ecuador. And then third, we don't want you just to sponsor the kids. We want to give you an opportunity to actually go down and meet your child or your children and go on a short-term mission trip to Ecuador. So next year, November 2020, probably be around Thanksgiving time again. Some of you are like, I'm not going on that because that's family time and all that. Some of you realize that's yeah, a great time because I have more time off from work. That's kind of why we do that time. November 2020 next year, we're giving you the opportunity to go meet your kids and spend some time with them and also go be a part of this brand new church that's going to be built, that's going to be housed 
all of the kids there and where they're going to go and get fed and medical needs met and learn about Jesus. Can you imagine the opportunity to go meet your child? I've had that opportunity myself. And I've gone, when I went down and met Henry for the very first time, Henry Luis, and, and got to meet him, and his smile was just, was just uh, huge. An amazing little kid that we sponsor, and we, we sponsor another uh, person down there. There's his family, and we also sponsor Marjorie, who's getting older now, and, and she actually lives up in the mountain area. Um, she, she's um, up in that area, so we had to bring her down. But to be able to spend time with them, she had never been to any, she didn't know what a beach was. And, and we got to take her and, 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 and go to the beach there. Derek and Aaron uh, were down there. They sponsor a child. We have, uh, we have some pictures. Kelsey's been down there, and Denny and Tiffany have been there. And many of you have been there. And we want to give more of you the opportunity to go meet them and spend some time with them. We want to unleash compassion to meet physical and spiritual needs. And we believe that that can happen by raising the $38 a month for some of us who will do that and then building that church and then finally going and visiting. All of this to expand our kingdom impact and our influence for the glory of God. See, here's the reality. Compassion is not just a feeling. It's not, oh, oh this, this feels good and I feel for you. It's, it's a feeling of empathy towards someone that leads to action, always. The Apostle Paul, uh, or the Apostle John knew this better than anybody. He knew Jesus better than anybody. Turning your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And, and, and John understood what Jesus was talking about. And here's what John had to say about compassion. 1 John 3.16, he said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. In other words, Jesus gave and gave and gave everything, even his blood, even his life. Okay, John, I, I get that. So what do you suggest we do today to show a similar type compassion? John goes on and he tells us. He says, verse 17, if anyone has material possessions, raise your hand if you have material possessions, right? Okay, the rest of you, your hand's up in your mind, right? The reality is we all have them. I mean, think about this. We live in the richest country in the world. The child population of the world, 3% of the child population lives in the United States. The other 97% live outside the United States. The 3% of the children of the world who live in the United States we spend 40% of the world's um, expenditures of toys towards those 3% of the kids. Our kids are, they got a lot, man. They're spoiled, and we know that. And, and, and you know, on a certain level, yeah, there's a little bit of a problem with that. But, but let's be real. It's not just our kids. I kind of chuckle at this statistic every time I read it because I'd rather chuckle than cry. But 85% of Americans who have two-car garages cannot park both cars in the garage. Why? They have too much stuff, right? And so uh, for the, one of you, if you're married, one of you are like, yes, amen, I agree, good. I give you permission to go dump the stuff. People don't get too excited about that, do you? Precisely. Now most of us can come up with 38 bucks a month. Seriously, I mean, you know it. Whether it's a couple less coffees or, or teas or maybe eating out one less time a month. So John, I, I have material possessions. I live in America. So what does this mean when you say if anyone has material possessions? Look what he says. 
and you see a brother or sister in need, but has no pity, that word pity is also the word compassion, same word, has no compassion on them, then how can the love of God be in that person? See, he's saying we can't call it true compassion if we don't act. Now, John's asking a tough question, and and this isn't a guilt trip by me or John. If you're going there, you're missing his point. But what John's trying to say is, hey, we live in America. We have material possessions. We have much. So what are we doing with what we have? See, the reality is you and I have, and I would argue with you that that's an incredible thing. That's a great thing. And no, I'm not saying this is some kind of health, wealth, gospel, you know, where, you know, God wants you to have. And and, and I'm not talking that. I'm talking about the reality that we do have. You know what's great about that? And I praise God that you have. That means you have an opportunity, if you recognize it's from God, that you can leverage some of that for his glory and his kingdom purposes. There's many people, 2.5 billion people at least, who have nothing. They only have enough barely somehow to try to survive. So they can't give to others in need. So I look at what God's given us and I say, thank you, Jesus. I want to use some of that for your kingdom, to advance your causes around the world. So that's a blessing that God is giving to you if you are steward that well. And if you'll steward some of that for his glory in his kingdom. So, John clarifies So we understand compassion isn't just empathy, it's action. And so he says, 1 John chapter 3, because he understands that poverty is not a a God's provision issue. It's a human distribution issue that that he's given us, and we, we need to figure out how to distribute. And so here's what he says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with, and what's the word? But with actions and in love. So that's the opportunity that's before you and I at LifePoint. As we enter this Christmas season, which embodies God's compassion towards us, that you and I have an opportunity to unleash compassion on some of the poorest kids in the world. I mean, what else could have an incredible impact on people's lives, changing their lives? than this opportunity we've been given. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to come together on, in two Sundays, December 22nd, right before Christmas. And on that day, we are going to do some, see, on Christmas, you are going to give gifts to family and friends and all that, and, and that's wonderful and it's great. But on that day, December 22nd, we're going to come together and we're going to give a gift that will change somebody's life. I want you to think about it. This Christmas, you're going to give gifts to family, and to friends. I'm going to give gifts to my kids, and I, I got to tell you, what I'm giving to them is not going to change their life. The reality is, it's just to get them off of my back for all the things they've been wanting. <laughs> I'm going to give them something that'll make their life more comfortable to satisfy a desire or a want they have. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. We love to give gifts to our family and friends as an expression of love. But just imagine if this Christmas you give a gift that doesn't just make someone's life more comfortable. It actually changes somebody's life. So I'm asking you, starting today, that you start praying about what God would have you do this year, how God would have you unleash compassion 
start talking if you're married or you have kids or grandkids or whatever, that you have conversations together and you start talking and praying about how God is going to use you to unleash compassion this Christmas season. Many of you already sponsor kids. We sponsor a couple kids and and we want you to pray about it. We're going to pray about it. And so we want you to do that. And then we want you to pray about sponsoring a child, but then also we want you to pray about giving a special offering so we can build, build this church and plant this church. This special offering would be above and beyond any normal December Christmas giving you give. In December, you know, a lot of people, that's like, you, you already are being generous, and that's kind of what you do, and the church, churches across the world rely on the extra generosity at Christmas. Still do that. But in addition to that, special gift <coughs> so we can build this church and these kids will have an opportunity and a place to go learn all about Jesus. What I know about this church, and I, and I mean this from the depths of my heart, uh, I'm so proud of this church because when God sends us opportunity, and there's always opportunity, there's thousands of opportunity around the world, of course there is. And God moves different hearts different ways, but when God brings the church together for different reasons at different times, and we get to do something collectively. There's something special about that. And God's bringing us together and and bringing us together for this specific need. And man, every time we've done something, you've been generous and you've stepped up and you've met those needs. And so I'm asking that you pray about that again and that we do this together and that we demonstrate compassion. Now, today, this week, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. That you don't just demonstrate compassion to those who are 3,800 miles away starting December 22nd. We're going to ask that you demonstrate and unleash compassion today, this week. That you, as you're praying about your involvement of, of what to do with Ecuador, that as you're praying, you have the reminder and you're praying also for what God wants to do with you today how he wants you to demonstrate compassion to those around you today. Because here's the reality. You change a life because of your compassion. And that begins to add up to eventually changing a community. And that's my hope and that's my prayer for us, that we each change a life. Collectively, it'll change a community. So let's do that here in Elk Grove. And let's do that in Ecuador this year as we unleash compassion this Christmas.